Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another episode of the Bashmania podcast, the podcast where you get access to and hear the stories of the best wrestlers in the USA. I am your host, Justin Bash, and as usual, I'm super pumped for today's show. One of the reasons I started this podcast was to share the stories you don't get to hear that often, and today's guest is a perfect example of that. Outside of Penn State and NCAA media, I don't think I've ever heard an interview with the three-time NCAA champ, Jason Nolf. Either way, today, that changes, and I'm super excited to bring you that conversation. Before we dive into the show, be sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Nolf is one of many NCAA champions and Olympic hopefuls that have been on the show, and he's certainly not the last. If you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Those little things all help me continue to do what I do. I also have Bashmania apparel, stickers, magnets, all available. We'll get into that a little bit later. For now, let's get this show started. It's Bashmania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild on you? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Mr. Jason Nolf, how are you? Good, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm pumped to have this conversation. I know I say that a lot in this podcast, but I think you're the more I put out requests for who people want to come on this podcast and and whose stories they want to hear, your name just comes up so often. So I'm pumped to have this conversation. Let's dive right into it. Tell me how you got started wrestling. Um, My dad just took me when I was young. I think I had a lot of energy. Uh, My mom actually took me to some gymnastics practices and then kind of figured out that wasn't for me and my... (laughs) dad drove me to uh like the local wrestling practice and i kind of my cousins did it so i kind of um got right into it i i was getting crushed when i first started and i think i hated losing yeah. so so i just wanted to keep going back and within a couple months i was beating those guys that um were beating me at first so i think that's kind of how i fell in love with it and how old are you at this point that you already hated to lose five <laughs> and how long did it take you before like you started getting really good and knowing like you were really good past just okay i avenged a couple losses i'm winning like how old were you were you when you like really started to realize okay i can be pretty good at this thing um i think i won my first state title when i was 10 um i think like ever since i was younger every time i go out on the mat i believe i'm gonna win so i always thought that i was the better wrestler but i, I, I lost a lot of matches growing up but I think when I was about 10, I started winning um, like the PJW state titles, which was to me at the time a big deal. Right. And how did you get better? At, like, you know, not just when you were young, but even going into like the middle school age, high school, like how did you continue to level up? I feel like that's such a such a tough time where people either 
you know, fall off kind of in high school and never make it like to college and all that. How did you continue to level up to get better? Um, well, I just, I just wanted to win all the time. So actually, I mean, I, when I grew up, I had a lot of people and some family that would get mad at my dad because he would always take me to practice, uh, an hour and a half away. And they, and during the summers, I was always going to these camps for coach Waller or young guns. And people would say I was missing out on my childhood, but to me, I wasn't really worried about that as much. I was, I was just focused on winning and being the best. And, um, my dad always told me that uh, when I was younger would be the hardest time of my life when I was uh, youth in high school. And um, that's kind of where the putting in the hard work at the, at the right time is, is yeah. going to benefit you for the rest of your life. So I kind of developed a hardworking attitude at a young age. I think that's definitely helped me a lot. And then when to, when did your faith start playing a role in your career? Like, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I know how much faith has, has been a, a vital part of your success. And when did that start progressing? Where I'm imagining when you're five and probably even 10, it wasn't as much of a core component. But as you develop that work ethic and you, as you develop you know, getting better, when did your faith start playing a role in that? Um. I would say I didn't comp- compared to the faith I have now. I didn't really have much faith growing up. I thought I did. Um, I, I I always believed in God, and yeah. but I didn't really know what what that meant to me. And when I got to college, I met some some great people. Um, I met my wife and some of my teammates here, and they just kind of um, invited me to Bible study. And once I started get, getting more in depth Bible studies and learning more about the Bible and I kind of found what Jesus meant to me, and um, and then I started putting that first, and I think that definitely has helped everything that I've done helped me become a better person, better son, husband, and definitely um, wrestler. So, sure. And and going back to you know when you got to Penn State, what initially drew you to Penn State? That's actually a pretty funny story. Um, I never really wanted to come to Penn State when I was younger. I think I verbally committed to Cornell in okay. one of my in one of my flow interviews. Um, I didn't even and and this is something I'll talk about too. But when I was uh, I never really looked looked ahead to like college wrestling. I never really watched college wrestling when I was when I was in youth. I always just wanted to be a youth state champ. And then when I got to high school, then I wanted to be a high school four time state champ. So I never really like thought about college at all i was right. always just focused on what was ahead of me um and so coach coach kale was recruiting me and i was kind of like i'm not going to go to penn state like that's where everybody goes i want to be different <laughs> right so i i, I was kind of i always i always tried hard in school too so i got good grades but uh i wanted to go to stanford or cornell somewhere where I had good wrestling but i also wanted to get a really good education sure. because i didn't i mean i thought i could win anywhere and uh, so one day my dad was, I, did, I didn't do any research. My dad was doing all the research for me, <laughs> calling coaches or whatever. Right. And um, so he like, he got on me pretty hard one day. He's like, what do you want to be a homeless man? Like <laughs> all this stuff. And I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to call Coach Kale and commit to Penn State. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't even take a visit before I committed. Really? Yeah. So it was kind of a, it was the luckiest guess of my life, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that, that definitely worked out. Talk about divine intervention. 
Yeah, and, and absolutely. Sp- speaking of, you know, Penn State, there, there's so many little nuanced things versus, you know, little things I think you did that so many people loved. And there's also a lot of things that I think people don't realize. And to talk about a few of them, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about is you've mentioned it before in, in like NCAA press conferences and different interviews that having the greatness around you and how motivating that is, right? Where it's like you're you're a part of something where everybody around you is so motivated and you're able to kind of get more motivated and, and benefit from that. Like, what was it like being a part of a team where there was so much greatness? Like, you're right. You could have went to Stanford, to Cornell, and you, you probably would have been the absolute best on the team, right? Like, you have that level of, of being there. What was it like to yeah. go to Penn State and be around other people who were as good and have that to kind of lift you up constantly? Yeah, that was that was definitely pretty special. I remember watching when I was a red shirt, they kept putting like the promo videos of um kind of like the hype up video before the match or whatever. And I'd see like David win his uh NCA titles, Ed win and just like kinda like how slick they were and I, I kinda wanted to be like that and be dominant. So I kinda used that as motivation and then I'd I would wrestle right after Zane and after Nico and all those guys and they were dominating, so you kind of had no choice but to rise at the tide, and um, if I mean if you want it, so um, it was definitely a lot easier to get pumped up for matches when you see your teammates dominating. Sure, and, um, on a lot of points, you kind of want to do the same thing. And I know that, like, if you look at a couple of your your habits, you know, like it's funny. I actually somehow stumbled on your who's number one match the other day in 2013 with you and McKenna. And yeah. you can notice some of the things you do that, that like, you kind of carried all the way through college, like not just hustling back to the center of the map, like running back to center of the mat. And there's other little things you do. Like, you know, I know people catch on to things like even laying the ankle bands down perfectly. Are these all things that you did young? And then when you got to Penn State, it was a catalyst or did that kind of change once you got to Penn State? I don't remember when I started doing uh, when I started doing the ankle bands. And I'm not really sure why. I think um, <laughs> I, I just like to pay attention to detail. Sure. And um, but I'm glad that people like that. But um, running back to the center, I think, is something that I've done ever since I was um, young. I think my coaches and my and my parents kind of just like told me that you always have to hustle, and what you lack in effort, you can make up with effort. Sure. Or what you lack in talent, what you lack in talent, you can make up with effort and hustle. Right. So. I was always, I mean, I used to always just push the guy out of bounds and I'd sprint back and always beat him back to the center of the mat. And, I mean, I think that mentally drains people when you're beating them back to the center of the mat. Um, so I've always I've always done that. It does for sure. And I think one of the, one of the many reasons I think you were so successful as a college wrestler, like to the fans, like you didn't really have many fans that, that hated you. You had a lot of, you know, people from other schools that were rooting for you. I think you have a, a balance of both a hard work ethic and a great attitude with, you know, a lot of competitiveness, but with also humility. And how did you end up balancing that when it comes to something like the Hodge Trophy, right? Where you have like your teammates who it's not necessarily like you versus some Ohio State kid for the Hodge. It's like within internally, how do you balance like the competitiveness of saying, you know, OK, if, if there's something to win, I want to win it with with the humility of that's not the end goal like how did you kind of balance those types of things 
Yeah, I struggle with that a little bit because um, I started putting too much uh, too much thought into what I needed to do to win the Hodge, and kind of like um, if I didn't pin the guy or tech the guy, I was like super upset with myself, and that was my junior year. And um, like I remember I beat the guy from Minnesota by 14 points, but I like was like almost in tears after because <laughs> I didn't get the because I didn't get the tech. And, um, and it was, it was very frustrating. I knew that I was, I knew that I was focused on the wrong things, but it was hard to, um, it was hard to like change my, change my views on it because I wanted to win it so bad. But, um, at the end of the day, that's a, that was a subjective kind of award anyway. So, uh, I kind of adjusted my, adjusted my mind, especially after my injury. I think my injury was definitely a blessing from God because it kind of got my priority straight. I was like, okay am I doing this because I love it and I'm able to compete or am I doing it so that I can prove to others that I'm the best. And it's not, it's not the latter. It's definitely because I love it. And so after I got injured and when I came back to nationals, I was just uh, really, really happy. And I felt really spirited going to the tournament. Um, and I think that's definitely stuck with me even to this day. I don't really, it doesn't matter to me. Like it's not going to change who I am. If I win or lose a wrestling match, I just right. love what I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to win every single uh, match, but if I don't, I know that's not the end of, end of my life or anything. And, you know, it's funny, too, because you talk about, like, having fun and not letting wins or losses define you. And, you know, yeah. I, I'm curious, is that something else you developed when you were young, too? Like, trying funky moves and, and scoring a lot of points and having fun. Cause like, I know that I know the Penn state vibe, like you walk in the room and, and you can feel it. It's very competitive, but it's also like, let's have fun, right? Like this is a blessing to be yeah. able to, to wrestle. D did you always have that mindset of trying to have fun while you were doing it? Yeah, I think so. Um, definitely when I was younger, it seemed like a grind a little bit. Um, but then I would kind of, when I started driving myself to practice and my dad wasn't with me anymore, I started having a lot more fun in practice because I wasn't worried about what he was going to say to me on the way home. Um, <laughs> right. So I kind of just like, that's kind of when I started play wrestling when I around the time when I um, got my driver's license and um, I just started having a lot more fun. When I got to Penn state, it was my freshman year was like the most fun I've ever had. It was cause I, cause I was finally competing with against really good people. And uh, that was exciting and kind of, I would get beat in practice a lot. And then I'm like, okay, no one, no one I'm going to wrestle in the country is going to be as good as these guys I'm wrestling in practice. So uh, that was kind of motivating. But yeah, again, like when I, when I was too focused on the Hodge, I definitely wasn't having fun. And I mean, if, if people are listening to this that are in contention for the Hodge or, um, or want to do that, I would, I would uh, just give the advice to not be focused on that at all. Just focused on enjoying every moment of, uh, the year and every single match and just try to score as many points as you can. And don't be worried about, um, trying to, uh, impress others. Just, just try to uh, do your best for God and for yourself. I think that's important for sure. And I think it's also important, you know, speaking of like losses and, and wins, you know, it, it's obviously so, I don't want to say it's so easy to learn from losses, but it's, it's almost cliche. Like you, you lose and you learn something. And I, I've heard you say before, I think it's like at the NCAA is that you don't have to lose to learn things. How did you balance and manage to continue to learn from wins 
you know, like you said, like after the injury, it's kind of you, you can focus and say, well, what went wrong there? What was I focusing on or what what changed? You know, at a loss, it's almost like a guarantee you're going to have that self-awareness and kind of go through that. When you win, what's that process like to try to learn from from winning? Um, and I, I probably don't watch as much film as I should, especially um, like from my wins. Sure. But I would say like. I kind of, I kind of know in my head what I did wrong. Um, if I made a couple mistakes in my match, I kind of know, and I just go back to practice and I focus on getting better at that. I'll put myself in bad situations, not like dangerous situations, but where I'm, I'm almost going to give up a score and try to fight out of it in practice so that I can get better in a match if I got taken down. I mean, I used to get taken down almost like first, like every match my right. first few years in college, and it'd be, it'd be from somebody that I would end up pinning or tacking or something, right. but. And I think that's just part of going out there and letting it fly. But I kind of tightened up my my defense a little bit. But even like my senior year against Hidley in the semis, that kind of felt like a loss to me because it was sure. so close. So I definitely learned a lot from that match. I I was I think I was too focused on trying not to lose rather than trying to dominate. Um, I think if I would have got if he would have got the first takedown, then I would have done a lot better the rest of the match and i think that takes a lot but, of self-awareness right like that's not yeah. easy to to assess those things especially when you win yeah and yeah, you gotta uh, i always ask advice from my coaches too and they kind of tell me what i need to work on and and then i focus on that as well right and i'm i'm interested to you know to that same kind of degree of mindset you know another thing you've said before is that you always have higher expectations of yourself than anybody else can have for you. But I think that the part of that, which makes that successful is you also seem to adjust quick. Like you said, your expectation is always to be the best four time state champ, four time national champ, you know, but after the first year, like, you know, you've said like, okay, I readjust my goal to be a three time national champ. What's that process when your expectation couldn't be higher and then you fall short and you readjust like what's that process like i feel like so many people are like okay like ever since kale i feel like everybody wants to be an undefeated four-time state or a four-time ncaa champ undefeated and then somebody loses or somebody doesn't win a national championship and they can get into a rut like you you missed your first goal of being a four-time national champ but you readjusted and you became a three-time national champ what's that process like of, of readjusting those goals and not getting too hard on yourself yeah, I mean, I think that's just life in general. You could you could apply that in so many different ways. But, sure. Um, I mean, you're always gonna fall short. You're not. No one's perfect, right? And I mean, it's if you're if you're a successful athlete, that probably means that you've set high goals. Um, if you set a goal to be a national champ and you fall short, okay, you take second or third. Yeah. But if you set your if your if your goal is to make the national championships, and then you fall short, well, then you don't make it. So I think it's all in perspective. What are you, I think you have to have uh, high high goals. And to me, I 100% believe that I would accomplish those goals. Right. And when I didn't, it was definitely. I mean, I was I was in tears after I lost to Martinez uh, my freshman year because I really believed that I was going to win. And um, I mean, me and Bo were back there together after we both lost, and we were just like we were crushed and we didn't know what to do. And um, but with time. I mean, it, it took, it only took me a few days to, to kind of just like sit back and be like, okay, that's it's just time to start working on the next year. Um, 
And then also when you win, when it's over, it's like, okay, well, it's time to start working on the next year. So it's kind of the same thing each year. Um, So I think you have to have more of an, uh, you got to put more of an importance on the process rather than the end result. Because if you're, if you're only looking for the end result, then you're going to be left empty in the end, I think. Sure. And I know one of the things that has kind of carried you through your career is your faith. And going back to that for a few minutes, like there's so many things that you did throughout your college career, especially that stuck with me. Like I remember, I think it was in St. Louis, you ran out to stars by skillet. And I remember it just giving me chills, kind of knowing what the song means and, and knowing what you were doing, kind of giving the glory to God. And, you know, another thing was, I can't remember if it was after, no, it had to be after the, the following NCAA championship. Um, they were talking about like your stoic demeanor and emotions and showing and not showing it. And you had said that you gave your life up to the Lord and said like, okay, this is in your hands now. And I think to do that in any aspect of life, whether it's business or relationship, anything you work so hard for, it's a very hard thing to do, but you can, you could hear and see the sincerity in your voice when, when you said that's what you did. Like what goes into that to be able to, I think, kind of develop that faith to be able to do it and then to truly trust that that's part of the process. Like I know Helen did the same thing before she won Olympic gold in in 16 and she was almost like, she wasn't flabbergasted that God delivered that, but it was kind of that like, okay, this is my faith. And if I have faith here, I'm going to have faith there. Like, what was it like to be able to do that and say that and mean it, you know, win or lose, but you won. Like, what was that like? Yeah, I think uh, God just blesses us with the ability to do what we love to do, and um, and I'm not, I, I don't worry about things that I can't control. I, I do, uh, I focus on things that matter, and um, and that that is God, and that's getting my best effort and attitude in every situation. So if I do that, I know that I've done all I can, and I can't do any more. So if I lose, then I lose. But if I win, it wasn't it wasn't from my own power. It was from, uh, it was from God's power that has allowed me to do this. I mean, I could have been born with one arm or sure. one leg and that would have been, made it a lot more difficult. So, uh, I mean, there's, there's always things that you can write down what you're grateful for. And, um, then when you start writing down, when you start counting your blessings, you can make your blessings count. So that's kind of what I focus on. I don't, I don't stress or worry about things that I can't control. And um, I think that's a big part of why I've been able to wrestle free in a way. And do you wrestle that way, like, and and have that same approach in practice? Like, I remember talking to Bo about when he posted a few years ago, you know, when is a time that you've really felt God's presence in your life? And I was so fascinated by a lot of the responses. And I asked Bo when he was in the podcast, like, when's a time that you feel God the most? you know, you feel his presence the most. And he had mentioned like in practice, like when you're preparing, you're yeah. putting the work in, like, do you, do you take that same approach to day in, day out, like training, diet, practice, all that? Is it, is that same level of commitment? Yeah, I'd say practice. Um, I, I, especially my first few years at Penn state, I would get beat a lot in practice. And, um, but I, but I wasn't worried about losing. I don't want to lose, but, um, especially I don't really care in practice. I just go out and kind of try to get better in positions. And I mean, I would before big, before uh, 
before I think it was nationals or big tens. One of my years, I was getting beat by like the third string guys in the room. To, uh, yeah. I mean, they're really good. Yeah. But I was like, Hey, if I want to win nationals, I can't be, I can't be getting beat by these guys or right. I have one point match. Um, I remember I wrestled one of my good buddies, actually Luke. And, uh, it was before big tens, I think the week before, and I beat him by a point, but he locked hands twice. And there was no ref, but I called it. I I called I called the lock in. So, um, I think I've always uh, turned it up to a different level when I get to competition, and that's why I've never focused on how I did in practice. And I think it could ha- it could work the other way too. If you're too if you're really good in practice and you start focusing on that too much, then that, that's not good because you it doesn't matter what you can do in practice. It only matters what you can do out on the mat. So. For sure. And I think, too, like going back to, you know, when you started to really kind of double down on your faith and, and really walking with Jesus and saying like Maddie and others inviting you to Bible studies. I'm curious. I don't think we ever talked about it. How how did you and Maddie meet? We actually met at orientation um, our the first day I was there. So then I actually have a I have a birthmark on my neck that kind of looks like a hickey or something so maddie kind of <laughs> thought i was like this this like scumbag kid who uh um who just like walks around with hickeys on his neck i'm like no it's a birthmark and uh we just <laughs> so i think i i think i told her that and then we started uh like uh hanging out playing soccer racquetball and um we were friends for like the first six months and then we started dating after that so i think it's i think it's important to to definitely enjoy the person that you're with, not based off of just their looks, but off of who they are as a person. And I think most people get that, but. but yeah, but I think a lot really... of people are, are pretty, I don't want to just say shallow, but I think when you're trying to impress people around you and you're trying to, you know, I think a lot of people do what works for other people. And you seem to have found what works for you. Like God had a different plan for me. Like I just kind of kept my head down building my company all through my 20s. And just now at 32 got married, right? Um, yeah. How did you, when, when you were at Penn State and you met Maddie, and especially once you started falling in love with her, how did you not, how did you not get distracted by that? Like, how did you stay focused on wrestling and also so committed to her? Especially like, I feel like a lot of people who, probably not as many Christians, but a lot of college kids in general, they date like all through college or they, they have like a three year engagement or whatever it is. Like you guys dated, fell in love, you know, wanted to do right by God, got married. Like how did you do all that with such commitment and not get distracted at all with your wrestling career? Um, like I said before, I mean, I, I I focus on controlling the things I can control and, and not worrying about things I can't control. So, uh, it was definitely, I think if, as soon as I started dating her, I knew, I knew I wanted to marry her. So I kind of started treating her as my wife right away. Um, I've, I've never had a girlfriend before, before Maddie. So, um, I, I was just committed to her and doing the best that I could every day with, with, uh, the situation I was in. And I mean, I never really worried. And I think when you, when you worry about things like that, when you worry about, sure. um, then it, then it comes a problem. So I was always just, I mean, I'm a pretty easygoing person, so I kind of just go with the flow a little bit. And so I'd go to practice, and she she knew that. She'd go to soccer practice. We didn't spend a lot of time together um, 
as much as we do now, obviously, as we're married, but she she always had her soccer practice, her soccer games, and I was always going to wrestling matches and and everything. So I, I, it was it wasn't too hard to balance. It's kind of like it's kind of like school. Yep. And uh, school and wrestling, you gotta you gotta give time to to everything. So. And it's obviously hard to you know obviously your biggest takeaway I'm sure from Penn State is meeting your wife and I'm sure second to that is your national championships but what do you miss the most about Penn State like obviously you're still there training and and you're on the campus you know five six days a week but what do you miss most about being like enrolled as a student um I would say that probably the perks of being on the wrestling team you get uh really easy access to the trainer um, if you ever get hurt, um, anything that you need kind of covered, you just text Adam Lynch and he's got it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, there's a little bit of more, um, you kind of got to figure a few more things out on your own now that, now that you're out of college. And I mean, it's, it's not, it's not too difficult, but it's, it was definitely really convenient to be on the team and, um, kind of have those perks. And, what's and also the, running down rec hall was pretty fun too. Yeah, that's so when I just had Chenzo on. You know, he said like the thing he was looking forward to most coming up was just running at rec, running out at rec hall because it's, it's been so long. And you know, speaking of like the difference, it, it is so different. And you've obviously transitioned a few times in your life from being a youth wrestler to a high school wrestler to a college wrestler, and now you're you know you're recently started transitioning from being a folk style college wrestler to the senior level and freestyle full-time. How have you dealt with that, and, and what's that change been like? Um, yeah, definitely. I think this has been one of like the the most interesting transitions I've ever had because I never really wrestled. Um, I never really wrestled freestyle or anything when I was younger and until I got to college, and I never really thought I was going to wrestle until after college until about my second or third year at really? Penn State. Yeah. I know, like I said before, I never, when I was in high school, I never w- was the kid that dreamed of being an NCAA champion or Olympic champion. I just wanted to be a high school state champion. But every single year that I've, that I've wrestled, I want to reach the pinnacle of that year. Right. So, I mean, I think it's good to have those dreams, but it's also important just to stay focused on what you're doing now. And, um, so, so I went after watching Frank uh, make the Olympic team in 2016. I was like, okay, I want to do that too, right. and I want to be an Olympic gold medalist. And now it's 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 really fun learning a new sport because it's something that I haven't really done much before, and I, I think I'm making a lot of improvements, um, especially defensively, and um, like not get not giving up easy points. And what has that been like? Like transitioning from like folk style, you are so dominant. Like you might give up a takedown you shouldn't to start the match, but then you tech the guy or or then you pin him. And freestyle is such a different not only rule set, but the way you wrestle. Like you are a lot newer to it. Whereas with folk style, you you had a lot of time to become as dominant as as you were. Have you? I don't want to say worried because I know you don't worry, but have you given much thought to trying to be? the most dominant freestyle wrestler like you were with folk style? Um, I want yeah, I mean, I want to dominate every, every time I wrestle, I want to get a tech ball or a pin. Um, but like I said, with like the Hodge, I'm not worried about like what other people think. Sure. If other people think I'm the greatest or, 
whatever. I just, I want, I want to be the best uh, that I can be. And that's being an Olympic gold medalist and a world champion. Um, so I think that's what I focus on. I, I think I'll, I, I think I'll make it there too. And when, when you have, you know, like it obviously gets harder and harder, like as you continue to, to go to the next level where you say, okay, now I want to be a, a high school state champion. Okay. I want to be a NCAA champion. I want to be a world Olympic champion. Like every, as you continue to go, the challenge gets harder and harder. You have more and more talent. The talent pool kind of gets smaller and it's people who share the exact same goal as you. And you have guys right. like Burroughs, Dake, even teammates like Chenzo and all these guys who, you know, they they commit to themselves at the same level, at least if not on paper, mentally, everybody wants to be the best and, and thinks they're the best. Like, what's your approach to, to kind of stay focused on you and, and not worry about everybody else and say, like, okay, I know that, you know, you got to go to the last chance qualifier and qualify and then go to the Olympic trials and you have, again, Burroughs, Dake, Imar, uh, Green, Chenzo, all these guys who like are so good. Do you do you think about that at all, or are you just thinking about being the best version of yourself? Yeah, I just focus on I just focus on myself. I don't um, I don't really care about who, who's in front of me. I mean, I got I got to go win. So um, and I think that I mean, not not many people uh, would believe that I would go and win that. But I I I never care what anybody else thinks. I think you only need one person to believe in your believe in you, and that's that's you. Um, I think when I was a freshman in high school, no one would have believed that I beat Darian Cruz my my freshman year. I think he was ranked number one in the country, and then my sophomore year, Nick Roberts was ranked number one in the country, and and I was ranked like 13th, and I and I beat him. And then when I got to college, I think I beat Ralph Buto. I mean, uh, and he ended up taking second in the country. So uh, it doesn't matter to me if if my coaches believe in me, if my if my family believes me or um, if, if, if anybody doesn't believe me, I'm going to go believe me every single time that I wrestle. And I think that's, what's important. Totally. And I'm sure too, like being married and having a wife and having that support system, like I'm imagining it's only more of a benefit, right? Like you only need yourself to believe in yourself to, to win, but what's it like having people like you have, like, I know what Cal and Casey and Cody think of you. I know what Maddie thinks of you. Like, does it give you kind of like extra strength, extra kind of confidence when you have such a good support system around you? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it makes it a lot easier. Um, But I I try, I try not to rely on that too much. Right. But it's, it's like running out in rec hall when, when people are cheering for you and everything, and it's it's awesome, right? You feed off the energy of the crowd, and you, you get excited. And but then you go into. I remember when I wrestled Pantaleo at Michigan. I think I was booed the whole match. <laughs> right. So you get you got to be ready for the the worst of every situation. And um, I think it's called like Murphy's Law or something. But um, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. So I think um, I've been in so many different situations where. Um, I mean, but yeah, it is it's awesome having people like like my coaches and and Maddie to believe in me because it just makes it a lot easier to go do what I love without worrying what what other people think too. For sure. And before I let you go here, tell me, you know, kind of if you do you know what's coming up next and and what your kind of schedule is leading up to April or have you still tried to trying to figure that out? Um, I think we're still trying to figure it out. I'm not sure yet. 
Either way, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see you get back on the mat. I know it's only been a couple of months since you competed, but it feels like a long two months. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt like a long time for me, too. Well, hopefully, hopefully um, I'm back on the mat soon. Sweet, man. Well, listen, thanks for, for making the time to top on the show for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Justin. Anytime, man. But unfortunately for everybody listening, that is the end of today's show. I truly hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Nolf is not the first or the last NCAA champion and Olympic hopeful on the show, so be sure to subscribe and tune in next time. If you're interested in Bashmania apparel or stickers or magnets or whatever it may be, send me a message. You can actually follow at Bashmania on every social platform, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can follow me. I'm at JBash on uh, Instagram and at Justin JBash on Twitter. So be sure to connect with me, and I'll see you guys back here for another episode shortly. See ya! And the beat goes on.